Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego, California. And I am Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And I am Christina Miller. I'm the founder and writer of uh, Ordinary Liturgy, an online contemplative spiritual community. Wow. That sounds official. (laughs) (laughs) So official. Thanks, David. You're welcome. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week, uh, where we will be talking about the Gospel readings for Pentecost, uh, the week leading up to May 31st. And thank you, Christina Miller, for being here, the uh, founder and creative director and creator of Ordinary Liturgy. Christina, would you tell people a little bit more about uh, your ministry context, specifically about Ordinary Liturgy, where you are? Because you're in in San Diego with us as well. Yes. Um, I'm in San Diego. I'm born and raised and returned just over a year ago. Um, And my business is Ordinary Liturgy. Um, It's uh, contemplative writings and facilitated practices. Mm -hmm. and it's uh, cultivating a spiritual community through readers. Mm -hmm. And you have, uh, I get the emails from Ordinary Liturgy, and so the people can subscribe to get your emails every week, right? So so I'm going to put, we're going to put a link to OrdinaryLiturgy.com, is that right? Yes. In the... Uh, description for the podcast, so you all should go check it out. We have actually featured some of your meditations a while, a couple years ago, actually. Oh, now, that's wonderful! On the Faith to Go resources on the website. Um, so yeah, so Christina is awesome. She's doing some really cool uh, work with spirituality and spiritual practices. So if you're looking to learn more about spirituality, Christian spirituality. Uh, or if you're learning, if you're looking to learn more about spiritual practices, especially in this time uh, when I think everybody, I think mm-hmm. I think I heard that uh, that that peop- that more people now are googling how to pray than ever before. Uh, like Google said that I heard Russell Brand R- Russell Brand talking mm-hmm. about it. So I think everybody's like genuinely looking for a way to to feel connected. <laughs> you know, and prayer and, yeah. and spiritual practice are a way to do that. So Christina is doing a whole bunch of work, you know, helping people learn about spiritual practices. So uh, you've been talking about contemplative spirituality recently, mm-hmm. I know. And so uh, we commend that to you, OrdinaryLiturgy.com. That uh, will be in the description in the podcast feed. And now we want to ask Christina, where did you see God in this past week? Well, I like that you're bringing up uh, prayer as a contemplative practice because there are so many ways to pray. Um, And I think of it as a way of being drawn back into union with God. And uh, I experienced that a lot in nature. And this week on Sunday, I went on an all-afternoon hike to Mount Laguna. Mm. And getting to walk through the meadow and on the trails and see the uh they have a cool like pond um or maybe it's a lake 
Hard to say what size it is. Um, and the what beautiful is a trees. Pond? What is a lake? <laughs> um, but yeah, just being able to be in nature and as a way of really communing with um, divinity mm-hmm. in that setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's one of the. Uh, we had Amy Laginus on a, a f- maybe a month ago now, and she is in. Uh, she is certified in. Uh, ecotherapy and does a lot of stuff with eco spirituality and stuff. And she, she's a member at good Sam. Uh, and she did a forum a a couple weeks ago about like just what you're saying that right now in this moment, like there are so many ways of being able to see like nature is one way of communing with God when we have Mm -hmm. had a lot of those ways communally taken away that we can't do anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, and everybody has some kind of nature around. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, and when we're not able to connect with people, right? Um, it's amazing how you can experience God yeah. similarly in nature. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty unique time to like be kind of forced into that kind of uh, communion, and but that is something that like so many contemplative and mystical um, spiritual thinkers and writers uh, talk about. You know that just like Richard Rohr talks about it all the time is like that matter that like the this like physical world is so much our entryway, our window into the divine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like the mm-hmm. thing keeping us from the divine. It is, right. you know, our, our, our entryway if we, if we commune with it, yeah. you know, intentionally. So that's yeah. awesome. Uh, okay. Well, thank you for sharing Christina about yourself, about um, this past mm-hmm. week, about your walks with nature. And uh, we want to hear from everybody else out there listening to the podcast, too. If you have a story of where you saw God this week, if you have any questions or comments from your week of faith discussion and reflection, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. You can also contact us through our website, where you can also find all those faith2go resources every week, www.myfaith2go.org. And you can follow us and contact us through direct message on Instagram at faith to go and make sure to go check out uh christina's website ordinaryliturgy.com again that uh, link will be in the description for the podcast and now we are going to talk about the gospel no we're not actually we're changing no we're not we are not talking about talking about the gospel we nope are pulling a fast one on everyone listening. So if you really <laughs> that might be an exaggeration. <laughs> if you have to, if you have to hear the gospel for May thirty first, just turn the podcast off right now. Um, but we will be talking about the reading from Acts for May thirty first, which is Pentecost, and it is the reading from which the the season of Pentecost comes. So this is going to be kind, this. It's the it's not the gospel, but it'll most likely be the principal reading that people are preaching on and and hearing uh, and are familiar with for uh, the Sunday of Pentecost. Uh, the, the gospel, uh, I'll, I'll talk about a little bit in the context section, but just know that this is the reading from Acts. It's, it'll be the first reading that you hear in church if you go to church, uh, and it will be, we'll be basing all the faith-to-go resources and stuff on this Acts reading from Acts chapter 2. So Charlotte is going to read uh, the Acts reading for this week. And then we'll each take some time to uh, share a point that we hope you take into your week of faith discussion or reflection. So it is from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. 
And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Alamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and all the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and all your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even upon my slaves, both men and women. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. All right. So. Thanks for the reading with all the names in it. Hey. <laughs> Last week you got a million prepositions. This week you got a bunch of crazy names. You gotta, you yeah. know, the Bible keeps yeah. you on your toes, you know? That's how it works. It makes my brain work. That's how, that's how, the, whole, that's how the Holy Spirit works. It keeps you on your toes. Okay. Um, so. Again, this is the Acts reading. The Gospel reading is there are actually two op- this today is a confusing lectionary day. There are two options for the Gospel today, both from the Gospel of John, one from John chapter 20, which we heard a few weeks ago. So if you want to hear John 20:10 20, through 23, you can listen listen back um, to I think it was probably Easter 1 or 2. Well, it would have been Easter 2 cuz Easter 1 is Easter day. Uh, and then John 7 and they're both about the Holy Spirit coming. The, you know, first it's Jesus in chapter in chapter twenty, breathing peace and the Holy breathing on the disciples when they're you know huddled up, afraid in the upper room, and breathing the Holy Spirit on them, and giving them their commissioning of forgiveness on the from the Holy Spirit. And John seven is is the promise of the Holy Spirit while Jesus is still you know pre uh, death and resurrection uh, in the middle of John in the beginning of John's gospel really. So. 
that's that's what the gospel is going to be. It's going to be about the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit, or other like the Johannine tradition of Jesus breathing the Holy Spirit and sending the Holy Spirit mm. on the disciples. And you know, it's important to remember that Acts is written by the same author as the Gospel of Luke. So, so this is kind of like part two of Luke's Gospel. So, but all the Gospels have their own tradition of the Holy Spirit of Jesus's commissioning to the disciples. This is the one that we celebrate today uh, in Pentecost. Um, but you know, we've been talking about like we we spent the last I don't know pretty much since Easter. With all those farewell discourses, Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes up all the time in John's gospel mm-hmm. as John is as the as Jesus is preparing the disciples for his exit, and he's saying, "But this Holy Spirit will continue the momentum. You know, this will be what will lead you in the future, as I have led you in the past." And so we're getting a glimpse of that from Luke's perspective. And so that's the cool thing about having these multiple gospels is that we get. We get all these perspectives of the same kind of idea and thing from all these different communities and all these different traditions. And so it's kind of a mosaic uh, of, of traditions about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And what, happened, what has happened, in, this is chapter 2 of Acts, what's happened in chapter 1 of Acts is Jesus' ascension. So Jesus is there at the beginning, has some parting words for his disciples, and ascends into heaven. And so now is the first time in chapter 2, that the disciples, Peter, the mother of Jesus, they're all alone. (laughs) This is it. This is like everything that we've heard Uh Jesus talking about to the disciples from John Mm -hmm. and those farewell discourses. It's happening now, you know. And so the Holy Spirit doesn't waste any time. Um, But that's where we are. So that's why everybody's there. It is a festival, the Feast of Weeks. Um, We're in Jerusalem, and the disciples are just there you know they're they're kind of in this weird transition in between place where jesus is gone and now now what and so this is kind of the answer to now what so christina has the first point about acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 21 all right well i love this scene i think it's so uh, visually colorful Mm. and there's such palpable power in it Mm -hmm. um the part that really struck me this time in reading through it was there are all these devout Jews from every nation that are present. And um, then Peter goes on to say, after the spirit has been poured out on them, that the spirit will also be poured out upon all. So it's moving beyond just the tribes of Israel and on to people from all different nations mm. and cultures and backgrounds. And I think that's something that we are experiencing right now, today, mm. um, and is something for us to really embrace. Um, I think we're seeing that in people that are getting um, their voices represented and heard more Um I'm thinking of the queer community, of people of color, of women. And then I think it extends even beyond, like in this text, beyond Judaism, beyond Christianity, and into religions and peoples from um, all over the world. And so when we can see that uh, we don't have a monopoly on the spirit um, and recognize that there's divinity in every person. I think that leads us into a greater sense of union Mm. and uh, we can learn from and hear about the power of the spirit moving in all these different contexts. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it and it I love that because it also because it also then gives us like this characteristic of the Holy Spirit as the the thing that connects us across boundaries and across experiences. Yes. You know, it's the thing that, that allows us to translate our experience to other people who have a different one, our perspective to people who have a different one, our, you know, our lives to people who have had a totally different life from us. It is like the thing that is able, it's like Google Translate for human, <laughs> for life. Yes, yes that's you know? exactly what it's like. Um, <laughs> but also it expands upon the idea of the many tongues, right? Because like mm-hmm. in this context, we hear about it as, it as it applies to languages of being heard. But being heard is more than the language that you speak. Right. Um, and I think that that goes directly back to what Christina was talking about, mm-hmm. providing voice and connection for groups that maybe didn't always have them. And that is definitely the work of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Um, okay. So that I think, uh, gets into my point. Um, because again, this is, uh, you know, Peter is referencing Joel here, which is a, a book from Hebrew scripture. Um, and, and I think that like, even in my Bible right here, the, the title of this section is the coming of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we spent all this time, like I said, talking about Jesus promising the disciples, you know, that he would send the Holy Spirit. But even in John's gospel, the Holy Spirit, like John talks about the Holy Spirit doing things while Jesus is still alive, like in the middle of his ministry, in the beginning Mm -hmm. of his ministry. Even Luke, even in chapter one of Acts, they talk about the Holy Spirit moving in David, you know, and that's way back in Hebrew scripture. So I think the coming of the Holy Spirit is kind of a misnomer. And I think hmm. we the Pentecost is is the day that we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit for the first time after Jesus has gone. It's the first time that the Holy Spirit makes this big appearance, this movement after Jesus has ascended. And so we think about it kind of as like the you know we often talk about it as like the birth of the church or like the be what we're really saying is that it's the beginning of this and kind of next stage of the life of this ministry of Jesus that is kind of being carried on after he's gone. But it's definitely not the first, it's not the birth of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's not the first time the Holy Spirit shows up because the the Holy Spirit was there. The Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep, you know, in the very first verses of of, uh, Genesis. It's all the way in the beginning. So the Holy Spirit has been moving throughout history. It has always, the Holy Spirit has always been moving and doing things. And so what I love, what I like about that idea is that instead of thinking about it as like the coming of the Holy Spirit, the the beginning of the Holy Spirit, it's more like we're celebrating the ways that we are called and invited to participate in what the Holy Spirit is doing already. You know, and all of these people, Jesus has prepared his disciples for that readiness, for the like willingness to accept that invitation. And I think that the, the the tongues of fire shooting up over their heads and like their their ability to to take on the Holy Spirit and be equipped is directly related to like Jesus's cultivation of that openness in them. That that like that they that Jesus has prepared them. Jesus hasn't prepared them to Jesus hasn't prepared the Holy Spirit to come. Jesus has prepared the disciples to be open to the Holy Spirit when it shows up, which is already happening, you know. And and so I like that idea that we are being called to uh, participate in the Holy Spirit and what's already happening with the Holy Spirit at that time. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that my point, which follows immediately behind it, is that the Holy Spirit is going to respond however the Holy Spirit is going to respond in that specific situation to bring about God's power and reveal God's work in this world. And we're all going to respond to that differently, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because immediately following your in verse 11, when you talk about, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. Well, the very next verse is, all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. So right in that next section, we have two different responses. You know, everybody's perplexed and one group wants more information and they immediately say, but what does this mean? And help us understand and what is going on here. And then we have another group whose immediate instinct is to push back and be like, oh, they must be drunk, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, like <laughs> these are two very different reactions. And then if we continue on reading, then we have Peter who stands up and raises his voice and addresses them because he is filled with the Holy Spirit and is immediately called to prophesy right there in front of them and to say, this is what's next, right? Like this is, this is how, this is what's coming. And he references back to Joel. And so we have affirmation, questioning, and dissent. Mm -hmm. And if those aren't human reactions, I I don't know what else is, right? Because Mm -hmm. I think that we could consider anything that affects us in our life that you could probably see those behaviors modeled across the board, that some people will immediately feel connected to what is being said and will affirm and come on board. There will be people who will be questioning and not understanding, and then you will have people who push back. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm most drawn to those people who push back. When I was younger, not so much, but as I get older, definitely, because I realize that a lot of times that that pushback isn't really that they don't want to be on the journey. It comes from a place of fear, and they express that fear as dissent instead of as wonder or questioning as we have from other people. Mm -hmm. And so they have to first say no, or this is why that happened, or oh, you must be drunk, before they can open themselves up to what is really happening Mm -hmm. there and join the process. That they can't crack open without first saying, this can't be right, right? Like they have to afford themselves the opportunity of letting that dissent come out of their mouth. Yeah. When I work with children, I talk with them sometimes when there's been a disagreement. (laughs) Because, I mean, adults have disagreements too, but they don't usually have someone that immediately comes in and moderates for them. But children do. And when I talk to children about it and how, you know, we can't control our emotions, but we can control our words and our actions. One of the things that I offer to them in this is, have you ever considered the value of putting yourself on five second delay? of before the words come out of your mouth, think, do I really want to say that? Or is it that I'm angry and afraid? And I think that if we take that time to do that, that then we really consider, is this coming from a place of, no, I really don't disagree with you? Or is it that I'm just afraid, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm afraid. And so I have to say, no, this can't be happening. This is wrong. And I think that we see that in this passage, that we see the person who immediately questions and we see the person who instead has to push back first. Mm -hmm. 
I just love the opportunity that with the Holy Spirit, that doesn't mean that the story ends with the pushback. It doesn't end with the negative response. Instead, immediately following, we get Peter, who then leads us on this why it's okay and hopefully cracks through that barrier of fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that there's that sensitivity to where the Spirit is being revealed mm-hmm. and being able to um, kind of go with that flow, like uh, attune into that mm-hmm. and be open to receive it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that is um, three points that we have put together for Pentecost. Um, point number one was Christina's, and it was about the importance of this uh, citation from Peter, from Joel, uh, about that how the Holy Spirit is not just going to be poured out you know, on these specific people or on any specific people, but on all flesh, and that, we, that all flesh has that capacity to prophesy, to reveal what is true in the, in the name of the Holy Spirit, as taking part in the Holy Spirit. Number two was mine, and it was about that participation that we are invited to, that Pentecost isn't the first day that the Holy Spirit did anything, but is an example of the way that we are invited to be open to the movement of the Spirit and participate in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and that in that participation uh, will look different uh, for different situations, but that as long as we are you know, open and in tune with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will equip us exactly as we need to be equipped. And Charlotte's was third. And it was about how we respond to the movement of the Spirit, to the seeing the Spirit move in other people and in situations, and how the pushback and the questioning are important parts of that dialogue. But it's most important to remain in dialogue, to be open and gentle with how the Spirit is moving uh, as we discern. So, having heard those three points, uh, we invite you to read uh, Acts 2, 1 through 21 again yourself. Uh, Maybe take some silent time to reflect on it after you've read it, see if anything new jumps out to you after hearing our discussion about it. Uh, We would love to hear from you. Again, any questions, comments, stories from your week of faith discussion, maybe where you saw God this week, you can email us, faithtogoatedsd.org. You can contact us through the website where you can find all the Faith to Go resources, www.myfaithtogo.org, and you can contact us through direct message and follow us on Instagram at faithtogo. Thank you, Christina Miller, for being here with us for this Pentecost podcast. Thank you, David. I appreciate the chance to join in. It was great. And make sure you go check out uh, Christina's uh, work and her website, uh, OrdinaryLiturgy.com. Again, that'll be a link in the description for the podcast. Uh, We will be back next week for the reading for the first Sunday of June. I think it's June 7th, which will be the first Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, And we hope you all have a great week of faith discussion and reflection leading up to Pentecost. And until next time, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.